Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm a dive master in the Gulf of Mexico. I was dragging our anchor out over the sand and away from the wreck when I noticed a small object out in the sand. I swam up to it and it was a dive slate covered in barnacles. I'm thinking of yay, free dive gear, as I make my ascent. So I'm topside. Customers are all settled in talking up their dives, so I decided to check out my new toy. This dive slate was a bit different from others I've seen. It had a wrist strap and has these flip-up slates, so it has three pages. It had a build-up of barnacles, so I took out my knife to shuck some of them off. After I was satisfied the front was clean, I opened it to the second page on it. In just a faint bit of graphite, it said,
This story is 100% true. That means there may be some typos, and it may not be as fantastic as some things you read. But it scared two armed guys who have experience in the woods. My friend and I used to hunt in Ocala National. I would drive us into the forest with all our stuff, and then we would hike for miles. We would look for signs of wildlife like gear rubs, scrapes, tracks, and poop. We often came across signs of coyotes and bears as well. Often we would start our hike in the morning, get back in the car and go get lunch, then return around 1 p.m. and hike until dark. This time we went in late, like 2 or 3 p.m. I really wanted to check out an area where a controlled burn is just now regrowing its vegetation. Deer paths are a bit easier to follow through those, hogs bed down in the muddy parts, and it's a perfect spot to set up a stand since it's a wide open area. This area was about two miles and another half mile down an old logging trail. Took about two hours to get there. We don't walk loudly or quickly because it's soft sand on the road and we look for tracks. Sometimes follow a trail. Now, it's not incredibly desolate. There is a hard clay road we drive in on. I drove my BMW 740IL and my Infinitic. G30 7XSE. Easy. The roads we usually follow on foot are only accessible by lifted 4x4 but it's clear from the ruts that they're used at least a few times a week. Plus, no matter how far we go in, we find beer cans and bullet casings and signs of a fire. Usually when we arrive in the morning, there are a few trucks with dog cages parked on the side. The good old boys run dogs through the sectors, so we try to avoid those areas. The dogs aren't cute puppies. They're mean and drag wild hogs down by their ears. So best to avoid them, and their owners. They're usually good guys, but I'd rather not run into them when they're hunting. Anyway, we went in deeper than usual this time, hoping to get away from all those dogs and noise, and to check out that burned patch that was just starting to grow again. We saw much of the ordinary, deer and coyote tracks. We also saw some bear tracks, big ones and little ones, both cool and bad. The only black bear I don't want to see is a mama bear with her cubs. They get very aggressive. So we reach the burn field and see a whole lot of nothing. We sit for a while and have a snack to see if anything comes through. After about an hour, we decided to explore a small, seemingly fresh trail and head out. Like pushing brush out of the way kind of trail. We found the remains of a very old tree stand down the trail in a beer can that was still shiny and a pair of underwear that didn't look real old. We thought that was kind of funny. Some dude got drunk and shit himself or something hunting deer. Oh, I should mention we are armed to the teeth, both of us having an AR-15 and a sidearm with extra magazines plus hunting knives. I'm a decent shot, my friend, is an NRA instructor. Anyway, we totally mistimed our walk out and it got dark while we were still deep in the forest. There was only a sliver of moon, so it was dark. Luckily, I brought my flashlight, and I had a light mounted on my gun. The trails are marked by ribbons on trees and can be hard to spot at night. I know that because we took a wrong turn. 
It's around 10, 11 p.m. at this point, and we are still walking and came to a crossroad we didn't recognize, and we realized we'd be walking for 30 minutes down the wrong trail. So instead of taking the trail heading west, we just decided to backtrack. You can't really know which direction a trail leads in the forest. On the way back, we started hearing sounds. We figured it was rabbits or squirrels. No problem. So we continue, and the sounds clearly become the movement of one animal. So we turn out lights out thinking it's a deer or a hog and stop walking. We wait for the sounds to get closer. I slowly realize that this doesn't sound like something moving on four legs, but sometimes deer can do that. They step with two legs at a time when they're trying to be quiet. The sound suddenly stopped. Deer must have smelled us, but it felt like it stopped close by, so I turned my light on and panned around. Now remember, this trail is barely wide enough for us to stand next to each other. So it's just forest on both sides and you can't see far in. I shine around and see nothing and hear nothing. We wait a minute, then give up and keep walking. Another 20-30 minutes go by and we start hearing rustling again. This time it's something really moving, not tiptoeing around. We figure it's a group of hogs, which made us a little nervous. Those things can suddenly surround you without you even realizing, but it clearly sounded like it was on our right. Also, small animals sound like bears when it's dark and quiet. Much louder than you would think. We stop on the trail to let whatever is coming pass over the trail in front of us. As soon as the rustling gets near the trail, I turn my rifle light and my friend shines the flashlight directly down the trail in front of us. About 30 yards in front of us, we just see a pair of white legs cross the trail and disappear into the woods. Okay, now we are freaked out. They look human, and it's another 45 minutes of walking to get to the 4x4, four four, only road, then 10, 15 minutes until we reach the car, and it all starts with walk straight ahead, where the thing crossed the trail. We definitely were weirded out, but both of us were armed and ready, so we just kept going. Not much else to do, not to mention it's midnight and we're tired. We hear the noises once more off in the distance, but it never came closer. We reach the car, and usually we like to hang out for a while, check out the stars, and talk. But we both had a gut feeling to just get in the car and go. We kept our guns loaded and hopped in the front seats. Remember, I am driving a normal sedan, not some off-road vehicle. So I have to take it easy, turning around and leaving. I can't speed down this road. It's hard clay, but rain creates divots, ruts, and mud. Well, I go not even a quarter mile down the road, and I have to swerve around a deep rut. My headlights fall onto a guy standing there about ten feet from the woods. No trail or road going in. He is in a farmer's shirt and shorts. No backpack, gun, hat, flashlights, or anything I could see. He didn't wave at us like he was lost, just standing there. He didn't look at us while we passed him, but he started slowly walking down the road as we went by. This is not an area where anyone has cabins for many, many miles, nor is there any civilization for a good ten miles. This guy had no reason to be there. Is this guy what we saw cross our path? How would he trample through the woods for miles? This brush is not like the pinewood forests of the northeast. 
It's thick scrub with nettles and palmetto bushes that cut you and snakes and ticks and all kinds of bullshit. I wouldn't walk through it in a long-sleeve hoodie and jeans and boot, let alone a short-sleeved shirt and shorts. And why the F was he following us? Did we stumble upon this guy's hangout spot when we found the fresh beer can and underwear? We did not call FWC or the police. I don't know why. I guess we just did not want to deal with them. Plus, they would be suspicious of us being out in the woods that late. We both were certain we saw human legs cross the trail. But it seemed so unlikely we decided we were seeing shit. Then we see this guy standing in the pitch dark with no moon and no flashlight. What? If it's true that this crazy F was stomping through thick brush, he had been close enough to us that if he charged, he definitely could have tackled one of us before we could react. That is the weirdest thing that has happened to me in Ocala National Forest. I am not scared to go back. Typically, wherever the dogs run is a safe area. They scare off anything that would hurt you including people, but I would rather not walk for hours in the pitch dark, just hoping our flashlights didn't run out of battery. We had our phones turned off to save battery in case we had to make an emergency call, if we even had service. At least we could use it as an emergency flashlight. Feel free to ask questions. I may have misremembered some parts. I wrote this at different times throughout my day, so there may be some parts that don't line up. He'll fill in those gaps tomorrow. It's 3.30 a.m. now, and I don't want to edit on mobile. Thanks for reading. My event took place on 2020, one at 18 in Denver, Colorado. In the two half years following my event, I've had a host of very strange phenomena happen to me. I have been shy about talking about these things, from what I believe is a result of my interaction with this object. The event started with me witnessing a bright yellow cylinder craft hovering above Interstate 70 just east of Denver. At the time I felt a sudden fear, but that feeling quickly changed to euphoria. I don't remember much after that other than waking in my bed the next morning. About two months after my encounter sighting, all of the moles on my body began to fade and then completely disappear. To date, five moles have completely disappeared and nine more are in different states of fading. About five months after this event occurred, all of the hair on my arms and legs began to change to light blonde in mass. I have medium brown hair and I'm only 31 years old. Although I originally considered premature graying, I began to notice the individual hairs change color from the root upwards. And when the hair started to change, it took about five days for the complete hair change. The top of the hair fading from medium brown to reddish to blonde. So it was not as if it was growing out this color and no amount of sun exposure has ever caused lightning like this on me before. Also, the hairs that have changed colors have actually changed in consistency. They were originally a medium coarseness, and now they are feather-soft fine. About two months ago, the spider veins in my legs began to fade, and now one that I have had for about seven years is completely gone, and another is fading rapidly. 
Since this has occurred, I have had dreams almost nightly of entities who talk to me and claim to be intelligent species from somewhere else, and they keep trying to give me strange information I don't understand. I woke up a few times and caught myself uttering some language that I've never heard before, but I have ruled out speaking in tongues because it seems this language seems to have structure and form. I also have feelings of hot and cold in different parts of my body. I get pulsating feelings on the bottom of my feet, up my legs, down my arms, and on the palms of my hands. Sometimes this pulsating becomes so intense it is painful. I have also felt this heat pulsating feeling right below my eyes. Between my eyes and in the front of my brain, I am very upset and confused as to what is going on with me. I live on the back of the ranch where I work. I got the job in college and I've graduated since. But working the olive orchard or vineyard since has been pretty gratifying. My first year living on site, third year working there, I got really drunk and drove the utility vehicle I'm responsible for out into the enchanted forest. This is the place the cows run off to when a bad rainstorm comes through. The ranch hand before me took off immediately when my boss told him to move out so I could take over. And when I did so, there were 15 head of cattle. I was on top of this number and counted them each and every day I fed them. Some calves had come in so the number had jumped up, but the point was that if something happened to a particular cow, I would notice by the end of the day and could search for her or him if it was a bull. Anyways, I'm toasted and enjoying revving this Kawasaki mule up and down the different hilly sections of the far end of the ranch by starlight when a shit ton of vultures burst into the air in front of me. I screech to a halt as a horrible smell fills the air and find myself staring into the maggoty eyes of a recently dead cow. She's still got flesh, so she hasn't been dead long, but I don't recognize her from the small herd I deal with every day. There's a thick scent of death and something else in the air. I leave the headlights on the mule running and circle around her with my LED flashlight and see a huge sickly flesh balloon dropped out from between her hind legs. Working on a ranch you get used to death because it's a huge part of the whole thing, but the strange smell behind the familiar scent was this pouch coming out of her containing her stillborn fetus. As best I can figure, she had died attempting to give birth after the herd had rejected her following her isolation from them during some kind of sickness under the previous ranch and's term, something he had never mentioned to me or my boss. The smell was worse the next day when I used a forklift to carry or drag her into a shallow grave in order to dump lime all over her, but stumbling across her while chasing a stargazing spot is forever etched into my mind. During the summer of 1989, my girlfriend and I decided to take a few days and go visit my mother and family in Spokane, Washington. We lived in Southern California and I have driven north to visit her a few times. I usually stick to the main interstates for fear of running out of gas. Anyway, on this particular drive, I decided to take a shortcut through Oregon to try and save some time. 
I saw on the map that Highway 97 would be a good route to take. I knew that Bend was a fairly good-sized town with services if I needed them. The night was beautiful with a little moonlight, so I opened up the moonroof on the car so I could peek up at it from time to time. The road had tall timbers on both sides, and it was pitch black beyond them. My girlfriend was asleep at the time. The road took a slow curve to the right. I was probably driving around 50-55 miles per hour, when suddenly to my right, my headlights lit up a huge hairy creature. It was walking upright on two legs and heading the same direction I was traveling so I couldn't see a face. I could make out its height. Of about seven, eight feet, I had to look up out of the windshield at it. It had redish, dirty brown hair, broad shoulders, and a short neck with a rounded head. I quickly put my foot on the brake, hoping my taillights would give my view from my rearview mirror, but it didn't work. I took the next turn out, which was a few hundred feet down the road. I woke up my girlfriend and told her what I saw. At first, she thought I was kidding around until I turned the car around and went back to see if it was still there. No luck. It must have got spooked and made off into the woods. I'm an avid hunter and outdoorsman. I know what bears and elk and moose look like, and this was neither. I know what I saw, and it was him. I will never forget that night. When I tell my friends of the story, they believe me because I'm a very trustworthy guy, and I don't make up stories for the hell of it. I lived in a rural area, though it was fairly close, 25 miles, to the nearest city and maybe 10 miles to the nearest town. One day I was riding the bus to school and saw an odd collection of trash, a mannequin, shopping cart, and tarp hanging from a tree in the woods to the side of the road. A few days later I noticed it was gone and figured somebody had cleaned it up. Things got weird when it reappeared on a different road after a week or two. This happened a few times over the course of a couple months, and I didn't tell anyone because it sounded a bit crazy. Really late one night, I was watching TV, and my neighbor's dog started barking. This isn't unusual, but the nights are extremely quiet, and I heard an odd rattling that eventually sounded like a shopping cart. I turned off the TV, hid under the blankets, and watched a disheveled person push a shopping cart with a mannequin in it past my house. This was during the middle of winter. It's bitterly cold. The wind is deadly and feet of snow are fairly common. There was zero chance anyone would believe me, so I never said anything. Fast forward several years later and I was home from college for the summer. My mom is an adult protective worker and tells me about a referral she got involving a schizophrenic homeless guy who pushes a mannequin. His wife, apparently around in a shopping cart, this was in the city, but she then tells me he, for some reason, walked all the way to my area and lived in the woods for an entire winter eating roadkill and God knows what else. I honestly don't know how to explain what had happened to me. I believe I saw some sort of Native American entity. I was working as a ranger for the city of Austin, Texas. I just had one left of our reserve campsites when a very strange thing occurred. This was about 10, 30 at night. 
I was driving my four-wheel drive pickup truck on a dirt road that led back to the entrance of the park. The area is a wooded hillside spanning 200 acres and contains a very large number of wildlife. So being nighttime and how many animals are nocturnal, I was watching up for signs of their movement on either side of me. It was quiet and I was the only one around. I had been following the road closely when I got this strong sensation. The road, everything around it, dense woods. I looked up just as a deer ran out in front of my truck directly in my path. It was something like 40 yards ahead of me when I saw it. I reacted immediately by pulling onto the shoulder, slamming my brakes. The deer now was only about 10 feet away from my truck when I swerved and it vanished as soon as it went out of sight. The feeling that it told me to look up subsided. Everything went back to normal. There were no other cars on the road, of course, being just mine. I sat in place trying to collect my bearings. My heart was beating fast, and I had a headache, and I couldn't explain these feelings. What on earth? So something brought my attention to the hillside, right where the deer had come from, and that's when I saw movement about 50 yards into the brush. It wasn't clear. I got out of my truck to inspect and walked up to the spot where I thought I had seen the movement through the tree line. The woods were pretty thick, but about 20 feet into them, there was a small opening in trees with lower branches and ones that were not as wide or tall. They almost kind of formed a natural corridor that, maybe, I'd say 50 yards opened up to the hillside before becoming obscured by the other trees and foliage. The ground sloped slightly upward, many leaves. I called out with my flashlight, thinking, why would there be somebody out here? It didn't make any sense. Thinking maybe I was just seeing things, or it might be another deer, there was no answer, and that was it. I assumed it was just my own paranoia. Now, I didn't hear anything move past me, so I decided to inspect further, because why not? Calling out loudly, I knew. At least I'm pretty sure I saw a movement. And again, there should be no reason at all why anybody should be this far out here late at night. The movement I saw was more like a person, not a deer. At least I'm sure of it. So I kind of very shortly walked up the hillside, never hearing a sound. I decided finally that, okay, enough is enough. I'm gonna leave and head back to my truck. As soon as I got in, I realized there was something wrong. Something strange and paranormal, if you will. As soon as I got back in my truck, that's when I saw it coming out of the woods ahead of me, slightly up from where the deer emerged. It is what I can only unmistakably describe as an apparition. It was this glowing, translucent being, but unmistakably a spirit. It shimmered, seeming to be faint, but nearly transparent. It came closer to my truck and appeared as if it were getting bigger, but also darker and more solid at the same time. It was this light grayish color and then would grow darker in color, kind of pulsating. It just walked right past the front of my truck with no fear or concern about my presence whatsoever. It just walked by like nothing was there, with some kind of purposeful stride, without having so much as even a look of curiosity. And then, right there in my view, it just vanished, fading into obscurity. Not wasting a second, I flew my vehicle out of there, and my only mission in that moment was to go. Go! Go, go. Before this, I thought ghosts were a joke.
I had never been a believer in the paranormal or what many referred to as the spirit realm. But after this, that changed my mind, and I'll never forget what I saw. But it wasn't until the following morning when I really kind of fully mentally processed what I saw, surprisingly, because I didn't sleep that much. But a thought occurred to me, and I realized what had really happened. What I saw looked like a stereotypical image of a native, long hair down to its shoulders, feathers, a headdress, actually. My professional theory is that somebody, a Native American, has gone through this road many times before in their lifetime, and they're simply showing me something that happened here at some point along the way. Maybe they stumbled upon these woods at night, and for whatever reason they were killed on the spot by first contact European settlers, who probably had no qualms about killing anybody different than them including women and children. I do not believe this entity or spirit to have been malicious. It didn't come off as that. It was just something that happened to them in their lifetime. This spirit was merely doing whatever some non-physical thing does when in the process of trying to relive what happened. It's a possibility that this spot is where these people might have been killed or injured in an altercation. Maybe they were stuck between this world and the next. I don't know. Maybe they've seen my truck hundreds of times out here late at night over the years, and now I'm able to pick up on whatever happens to come through here. Who knows? Anyway, that's my experience with the paranormal. Hopefully it will be my last. I have family in law enforcement, and I found these old archive files. Well, my grandfather did, because he has access to documents. This is an old printout of something that I found very interesting, so I thought I would share it with you. Here you go. May 20, 2nd, 1984, Officer LG was patrolling the area around a local park during the night shift. At approximately 1.25 a.m., the officer reported veering off course to investigate flashing lights in an adjacent wooded section of the city, spotting several bright lights slowly hovering along the tree line. As he drove closer to investigate, his vehicle reportedly lost power and stalled. As he approached, an object described as having a dark body with many bright lights hovered silently above him, roughly 300 feet away. The object allegedly reeled out some type of thin black cord, which struck and wrapped around his police car as it backed away from him. The object then took off into the air and disappeared into darkness. Officer L.G. wrote his account of the event on May 24, 1984. The following day, he reported the incident to command, who denied anything had happened and insisted that his vehicle was in perfect working order. Officer LG's police cruiser was inspected by technicians at the city garage who found nothing wrong with it mechanically. No evidence of alterations or unusual damage were noted after inspection. No support for Officer LG's claim would come from local authorities until three months later when another officer, Officer AF, called in the dispatch reporting a very similar object near the same park, along with reports of several other officers who had also spotted strange lights descending toward a tree line, then vanishing without explanation. 
Thereafter, Officer AF and Officer LG were reportedly ridiculed by command to stop spreading rumors, ultimately leading to Officer LG being permanently dismissed from duty. I was recently working near a river in the British Columbia wilderness when about 20 meters from me and my co-worker we heard loud footsteps crashing through the trees. My co-worker yelled out, Nothing! The footsteps continued, but after he yelled out a second time, the footsteps stopped, and then things went completely silent. There was other people in the vicinity throughout the week, but to our knowledge, nobody there that day. I grew up hunting, and I'm very familiar with the fauna of western Canada. It sounded like a bull, or cow moose, or elk. Perhaps a sizable buck. But to my knowledge, they don't have the smarts to actively hide from humans when they are yelled at. Same with bears. Mountain lions, however, do. But I don't believe one would ever be so loud and clumsy sounding. WTF was in the woods. I'm not above thinking it was perhaps a Bigfoot. Or was it a sinister person? In 2014, I was living with my then-girlfriend, now wife, and our son in a forest house close to the center of Bolton in northwest England. The house is what we call a two, up two, down here because they have two rooms upstairs and two rooms downstairs. The stairs ran down the kitchen side of the wall that divided the two downstairs rooms. My girlfriend was working on a course to become a veterinary nurse. For this, she had to work the 2 p.m. to 11 p.m. shifts. So there was just me and my son. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Done in the house. I had put him to bed a few hours before and was now downstairs washing the pot and pans. I heard footsteps on the landing and assumed it was my son, thinking he had woken up and was now running around upstairs looking for us, as he was apt to do. I dried my hands and prepared to go through the routine of putting him back to bed. But I noticed these were not the erratic footsteps of a child, but the heavy, deliberate footsteps of an adult. The footsteps began to descend the stairs. I turned to see not my son, but a tall woman, dressed in a long white gown. As her head came into view, I could see she was well over six feet tall and had long blonde hair. The stairs curved to the left as they approached the ground. As this woman rounded the corner, I saw her face. She looked odd. Her features were human, but something was off about them like she was something imitating a human. As she took the last step towards the floor, she vanished. I stood still in shock for a few moments, but then plucked up the courage to go upstairs and check on my son. 
Thankfully, he was still fast asleep. About half an hour later, my girlfriend got home. I was still slightly shaken up, but happy to see another real human. She wasn't all that surprised, which was a bit unnerving. She had lived there for a few years before I met her, and most people who visited experienced something in that house, mostly knocks and bangs at all hours and ghost cats. The bangs could have been the neighbors, to be fair. Having to tell people the cat they just saw run through the house isn't your cat is always a fun conversation. Thankfully, the full-body apparitions weren't all that common. Me and a buddy went camping on my parents' property back in high school, say, six years ago. The spot is pretty secluded, and the only company we had for miles were cows and coyotes. We fished all day, and it just settled in around a nice little campfire when I heard a helicopter. We were somewhat near a pipeline, so it wasn't that unusual for planes and choppers to check it, but I'd never seen them do so at night. The helicopter continued to get closer until we were able to see it silhouetted against the stars. We didn't think anything was amiss at first until I noticed the black sphere literally suspended about four feet in front of it. The sphere was roughly the same size as the chopper and traveling at the same speed. This was without alcohol, drugs, etc. No idea what it was to this day. I went camping out near Dotsero, Colorado. It's a more desert-like area in the state park, IRSE, was up on a tall plateau. It was about a half-hour drive up, free camping. No utilities or amenities or anything, just find a spot and enjoy. There were forests and whatnot up top, but not much else beyond that, and all the dust. We stayed there three days, and what creeped me out off the bat was the fact that there were no bird sounds, or really any small critters, no chirping, no tiny bodies flitting about, nothing. Pure silence outside of the many flies. There were in fact birds there because the next morning we found a dead one behind our tent among the trees. It wasn't there before. It was fresh. We go out for the day, come across a large herd of sheep grazing on a trail, but still no birds. The next morning after that, the bird was torn to shreds. Feathers here, bits there, all around the trees to the back of us and around our campsite. So this detail is a bit important for the next part. We have brought our dogs with us. Mine's a straight dingus and has no use except for being a cuddlebug, but my fiancé's corgi is amazingly perceptive. Sharp vision and sharp hearing, but also super friendly. She wasn't friendly the night before we left. We had a fire going and it was completely silent like the nights before. Not even cricket chirps or anything just a crackling fire, and Susie growling at something in the dark. She wouldn't turn her head and look elsewhere. She kept looking to the trees behind the tent, yet again, just growling and with a ridge of fur standing on her back. We'd shine our lights back there. It was a thin line of trees, nothing thick, and wouldn't see anything. She continued to growl until we doused the fire, and everybody piled into the tent. The next morning, some animal had pissed in their water dish. It was very yellow, green and rank, and I couldn't leave that place fast enough. 
It was probably just a raccoon or something small like that, but still, up. This occurred in Oakland, California, where my wife's parents live. There have been several shootings in the area, more than normal, and the funeral home on International Drive has been getting a lot of business. A few weeks ago, my in-laws were driving through Oakland at around 2 a.m. in the morning. My mother-in-law works as a live and hospice nurse and only has a day or so off. She was coming back at 2 a.m. after having the evening off. While they were driving to her job, they saw a woman standing on the corner next to the funeral home with a dress on and very well dressed. They saw her at the corner while they were stopped at the intersection and noticed that the woman smiled at them. They also noticed that her eyes were black. My in-laws were frightened and drove away as fast as they could. My father-in-law drops off my mother-in-law at her work and wonders if that ghost woman he saw at the corner will be there on the way back. He had to go through that same intersection. On his way back, she was still there at the corner, and this time he was stuck at the light at the intersection. She actually waved to him and he noticed again she had black eyes. It seemed like she was trying to get him to come over and pick her up. Naturally, when the light turned green, he sped out of that intersection to get home. No one seems to know who she is, but they all seem to agree that her funeral was probably through the funeral home there on that street. As to why she was on that street between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m., I think she was looking for victims. I spent 28 years in the United States Navy, almost all on aircraft carriers. I've witnessed some awesome things at sea, bioluminescence for one. But the creepiest was probably one of my deployments to the Persian Gulf, early 2000s. We sailed through acres and acres of dead sheep. Apparently one of the big ships that hauls sheep up to the Emirates from Australia had a big die-off, and they simply dumped all the carcasses over the side. There had to be thousands of them. Aside from that, another time in the Gulf, we frequently saw huge balls of sea snakes. It is creepy as that. I was fishing in a pond about 15 miles from town. It was late in the evening, and it was brewing up a rainstorm. I was with my cousin, who is a couple of years younger than I. I was under a tree near the lake, and I kept seeing something shiny across the lake. If I tried very hard, I could cast across the pond. I was aware of the lightning and thunder. It was a rough storm with plenty of lightning. I noticed that the shiny spots were large and an equal distance apart. I could see the beings better when the lightning made everything bright. I kept looking for a while until I realized what they were. There were more than I saw, I'm sure, because they were all walking a path across from me. It is rather bushy on that side, except for a trail that comes over the hill. We had parked about half mile from the lake because of a fence. It was easier to walk than go around. After I noticed they were real, I called out to my cousin, who had walked off a little ways. They kept looking at me than at him, their eyes still shining. Their eyes were big and round and had slight oriental slant to them. They were short and skinny, long arms, big heads. 
but not long heads, but large. I called to my cousin and told him what I was looking at. He came running, and we picked up what we could and ran up to the truck. When we got to the truck, we looked back and could see more of them, but we were too scared to look for long. We rushed off and decided not to tell anyone. Now that I'm older, I worry about my grandkids. This is a private lake and is used by few people. I have no pics. We did not carry cell phones at the time. Since they have been here for years, I don't think they are destructive to us, but they could be. My old man served in the Royal Navy and Merchant Navy. He told me about these access spaces that ran through the ship. One ran the full length of the bulk carrier he was on in a storm, and some poor sod had to do down there to do something. They opened it up, and there's lights all along it. As the ship flexed in the storm, they could see the lights at the end disappear and reappear. Wasn't exactly a rush of volunteers to go down there. He always said that St. Elmo's fire could be quite eerie when you saw it on another ship. Worst he ever told me about was when they got a mayday call from another ship that was on fire. They were the nearest and responded, but were a good 48 hours away. The radios died before they got there. No one survived. Me, my father, and uncle were out one evening hunting during the early archery season. This is southern Indiana, so you can certainly get in areas very far away from other human beings. But this is not like being in remote Montana or, or something. We, we had hiked pretty far back into a big valley. People imaging Indiana is flat, but that is northern part. Southern Indiana is very hilly and rocky. We saw nothing and began to head back. At this point, it was dark, and we were about halfway up the valley. Once we got to the top, it was a much easier walk that eventually connected to a fire trail. I want to repeat, I'm sure there is a very rational, boring explanation to this. Well, we are walking, and all of a sudden there was this. Noise behind us. I can't explain it. If you talk to people who spend a lot of time in the outdoors, they can all tell you weird sounds you hear. I mean, it happens. What made this one so weird is it was unlike anything we have ever heard. It was loud. Very loud. The best we can describe it is was a horrible screech with a mix of a growl. I can still hear that noise in my head today. It was genuinely terrifying, and in the woods, in early archery, season can be very noisy, but when this screech or growl happened, it got quiet. Maybe that was just our brains focusing on the unusual noise and ignoring the standard forest background noise. But we all remember this noise and how it echoed through the woods, and it sounds so unnatural it sounded. It sounded angry. It seems like I'm rambling, but I just can't tell you how terrifying this noise was. Nothing in any horror film or sound effect has come close to replicating that sound. There are no words to give it justice. This is when shit really hits the fan. The second this noise happened, we all of course froze. I was young, but still had spent quite a bit of time in the wood, but my father and uncle have spent a lot of time in the woods, and it was very dark, and my uncle was just barely visible in front of mine, and my father, and our headlamps glow, but I remember we all froze in fear. 
and he turned back to Mike, father, me, me, and asked what was. And in the process of him saying that we were all three turning around back towards the noise, you have to remember this all happened very quickly. In reality, from the time this awful noise happened, and we turned around, it had been maybe five seconds, but as we all collectively turned around, there was this bright flash of light. I know how insane that sounds, and to this day when we tell this story, people usually start to smile or laugh, but I am as serious as a heart attack. As we turned around, there was this sudden flash of light in the treetops. It was bright and covered a very wide area. It lasted a second or two, and it went pitch black again. It was just like the cliché. All three of us, with zero words, began to run. There was not yelling, no pause, nothing. We all three just ran as fast as we could. My father even started pulling at me up this steep incline, but none of us spoke a thing until we got back to our vehicles. Now I do not believe it was a UFO. Shit. I honestly do not believe in UFOs at all. There is no road in that direction, but we like to think that maybe the conditions were just right and some large vehicle on a road nearby had their lights hit the treetops, or maybe it was like somebody with a flare or some shit, but we have all been in the woods and seen cars drive by, many with their blinders on to watch for deer, and this light was not like this. It was sudden, bright, white and was in the treetops. I mean, as batshit as this sounds, it was like those cheesy UFO movies where the alien ship hovers and shines a big light from above. I am not saying that is what it is, but that is the best way to describe it. We have honestly spent over ten years running through scenarios, and even though my brain tells me, dude, this shit happens. Do not fall for this. It was just an unusual set of circumstances, and in the darkness, your brain put the pieces together the best it could. There was no creature or UFO, but it is hard sometimes when you replay that event in your head. If it had maybe been the noise or the light alone, I think we would blow it off, but it all happened together, and that is what really sticks with us all. I'm going to be that old guy telling this story with the young people mocking me, and I can't blame them. I would too, but that does not change what happened and what I experienced. I'll start out by saying that the small town where I grew up, and where all of my family still resides, is in Monroe County, Ohio maybe 20 minutes or so outside of Wheeling, West Virginia. I was talking to my dad on the phone the other night. He told me that last week while driving home from work, he came across something he can't explain. His voice was shaky, unlike I have ever heard him. He works the night shift at a local coal mine, and while driving home from work early one morning around 5.30 a.m., he noticed a large creature crouched down in the road. It had bright red glowing eyes that looked directly at him. He said this creature also had very large wings which were wrapped around it as it crouched. He said he had never in his life seen anything like this. It had really upset him. He proceeded to drive by it, but when he looked behind him, it was gone. He said that he was actually scared to get out of his car when he got home in fear that perhaps it had followed him or was even in his car. 
After a few very tense minutes, he slowly got out of the car. There was nothing there. I asked him if he had ever heard of the Mothman. He kind of paused, then said that he had never heard of it until he started talking to people about what he had seen. He said that they would say right away, It sounds like you saw the Mothman. You hear weird stories all the time, and because you don't really know the person who witnessed it, you just shrug it off. Knowing my dad and what a logical thinker he is, I believe he encountered something supernatural. He is usually the one who tries to come up with logical answers for things that are otherwise unexplained. He's very skeptical when it comes to aliens, UFOs, ghosts, etc. For me to talk to him and hear him tell me about this Mothman, like creature was shocking. For this is not like my father. I will say that I am concerned. For what I understand is that when a person actually witnesses a mothman, oftentimes bad things happen afterward. There isn't a doubt in my mind that what he saw was 100% true. It has completely made a believer out of me when it comes to the mothman. I hope for the sake of my father and my family that that isn't true and that he made a mistake of identity. Hey everyone, so just to kick off, I am normally super skeptical of anything paranormal and I don't believe in ghosts, but I moved into an apartment 10 months ago and strange things won't stop happening. To start with, I went out of my way to find earthly, if that's the right term, explanations, but I am at the end of my wit and thought that maybe I would post my experiences here and people might help me understand what's happening. So a bit of background. I moved to Lisbon, Portugal last year, and I found an apartment in an old building. I think it was built in 1890. I live by myself, and I have never had a supernatural experience before this. All these events happened over the course of the 10-month period, but I think if I just bullet point everything that happened in chronological order, it's probably the most simple. I was in the bathroom, and I hear a bang in the kitchen. I go out and see that my bananas that were on the kitchen shelf had fallen onto the floor. I hadn't touched anything in the kitchen for a couple of hours, but I figured they may have just been unbalanced and fallen. I am working at my desk in the living room, and the mug in front of me starts moving by itself, and then even changes direction, and starts moving towards me. My reaction was actually like, this is cool. What's happening? I initially thought that it was to do with a condensation trail from the mug, but when I picked up the mug, it's bone dry. Like I had I had a cup of tea the day before and not cleaned it up yet. I tried banging the desk, but I couldn't get the mug to move at all. I woke up and saw a girl at the end of my bed. A girl I was dating was staying over that night, so I assumed it was her and that she had woken up. I asked, are you all right? and she didn't reply. I repeated the question and still no reply, so I reached over to tap her on the shoulder, and when I started to lean across, I realized the girl I was dating was still asleep next to me. The hit of adrenaline suddenly filled my body and went from being half asleep to wide awake. I was thinking, if she is here, who is at the end of my bed? Even at that moment, I was thinking I must have dreamt it, but I looked up and the girl was still there at the end of the bed. I stared in disbelief, and her figure just slowly faded away. I was left stunned. 
I knew I'd been awake the whole time because I had taken my retainer out to speak and it was still in my hand. I had started feeling uneasy ever since seeing the girl and at 2 a.m. in the morning, I heard a bang in the kitchen. I had to really build myself up to go out there and I had convinced myself I had probably heard something from another apartment. But when I went into the kitchen, a load of cans from the middle shelf, the same one as the bananas, were on the floor and everything on the shelf had been knocked over, like someone had swiped it with their arm. At this point, I started telling people about these things at this point, which is kind of a weird feeling as an unbeliever. I tried to make an explanation for everything that had happened, but I couldn't really come up with a convincing story. I realized that a few things had gone missing from my apartment, like a few items of clothes and a small ball I used to help to stretch my foot. I look everywhere in my apartment, which is really small, but I never find anything. I also found a human scale on the floor. Super disgusting, I know. I had no scabs on my body at this point, and my only explanation is that maybe it stuck to the bottom of my shoe and I brought it into my apartment. I also find hairs on the floor that do not belong to me. I hardly have any visitors, so again, this is quite a confusing thing to find. Everything then kind of settled down for a bit, and then last night, and I had another thing happen. Five. This morning, my jogging bottoms. I think you would call them sweatpants in the States. We're on the floor and we're soaking wet. At first, I didn't find this really weird, but then I started thinking about it. How did this happen? I was wearing them yesterday, so they were definitely dry during the day, and nothing else in the apartment was wet, no leak from the roof. The floor around them was dry, and there were no drip marks. I even checked the sinks in the shower, and they were completely dry. Even the non-paranormal explanations I could think of made me feel uneasy. I realized my door wasn't properly locked last night. Could someone have come into my apartment, wet my pants, and then lift? I am sleepwalking. The jogging bottom smelt just of water, but they were completely soaked like they had been submerged in water. I just can't think how it could have happened. I'm actually moving out of my apartment really soon, but this whole experience has left me creeped out. Maybe there is a logical explanation for everything, but I'm struggling. What are your thoughts? What should I do? A few years ago, I was lying in my bed, drifting in and out of sleep. My eyes were closed and my mind was on the verge of entering dreamland when I suddenly heard a strange noise coming from my doorway. It was a peculiar sound, like a faint whisper or a soft hum. Curiosity got the better of me and I slowly opened my eyes, allowing them to adjust to the darkness of my room. And what I saw sent a shiver down my spine. There, right in front of me, was a six-foot spherical light surrounded by a mysterious gray mist. It hovered in the air, emanating an otherworldly glow. I watched in awe and disbelief as the ethereal light moved slowly from my doorway towards my window. It seemed to glide effortlessly, almost as if it were dancing through the air. My heart raced, and I couldn't tear my eyes away from the mesmerizing sight. Then, without warning, the luminous sphere faded right through the solid bedroom wall. It vanished into thin air, 
leaving behind a lingering sense of wonder and uncertainty. I was left in complete awe, struggling to comprehend what I had just witnessed. The next day, my little brother approached me, excitement and curiosity etched across his face. He asked if I had seen something strange in our shared experience. It turned out that he, too, had witnessed the same enigmatic phenomenon. He described how he saw it materialize in his room, passing through the very same wall that I had observed it fade next to. Our minds were filled with questions and a shared sense of wonder. What was that strange, spherical light? Where did it come from and where did it go? We couldn't find any logical explanation to make sense of it all. That extraordinary encounter stayed with us, becoming a cherished memory that bound us together. It was an unexplainable event that sparked our imaginations and instilled a deep curiosity about the mysteries of the universe. To this day, we still recount that night when the spherical light shrouded in gray mist captivated our senses. It serves as a reminder that there are realms beyond our understanding, hidden just beyond the confines of our ordinary lives, and perhaps one day we will uncover the secrets behind that ethereal visitor and the magical journey it took through our bedroom walls. Around 4 p.m. yesterday, I was in my bathroom when I heard something fall to the floor above me. I kind of shrugged it off at the time. Fast forward to about 2 a.m. I was in my living room. My grandma was sleeping on the couch, and my uncle was sleeping in his room. Suddenly, right above me, I heard loud, heavy footsteps walking across the attic. My cat heard it, too, because she bolted up the cat tree and looked directly up at the ceiling in the same spot. So, I know I'm not crazy. I'm scared to death. I haven't slept yet, and my family is telling me not to call the police. My uncle is going to check when he gets home from work. I don't know if it's an alien ghost or an actual human up there. I just don't see how anyone could have gotten up there considering it's inaccessible. My uncle is trying to shrug it off as a bird or squirrels, but no way would a squirrel walk or sound like that. Update. My uncle and I went up there, and there were no signs of anything ever being up there. The part of the house where I heard the heavy footsteps is sealed off from the rest of the attic. There is absolutely no access to it, so this definitely turned a lot more paranormal. My brother and I had embarked on a hunting expedition in the vast and untamed wilderness of Alaska. Our sights were set on the elk that roamed these lands with rifles slung over our shoulders and determination burning in our hearts. We ventured into the dense thicket, relentlessly searching for any signs of our quarry. Hours turned into days as we scoured the nearby woods, our anticipation mounting with each passing moment. Yet, despite our tireless efforts, the prey seemed to elude us, leaving us with naught but the echoes of our own footsteps. Undeterred, we made camp under the starlit sky, our tents providing a temporary refuge amidst the wilderness. The crackling fire cast dancing shadows upon the trees, painting the night with an ethereal glow. As the flames flickered and danced, 
we contemplated our next move, determined to leave no stone unturned in our pursuit of the prey. It was then that we stumbled upon something unexpected, a small village hidden away in an uncharted part of the woods. Intrigued and driven by curiosity, we ventured towards its center, guided by an inexplicable force that urged us forward. As we drew closer, a pack of wolves emerged from the surrounding wilderness, their piercing eyes fixated upon us. Yet as quickly as they appeared, they vanished into the undergrowth, leaving us with a sense of foreboding. Our footsteps carried us through the village, its eerie stillness permeating the air. We soon beheld a sight that sent a chill down our spines, a massive pile of bones, skulls, and remnants of a forgotten past. It was a macabre collection, a silent testament to the tragedy that had unfolded here many years ago. We surmised that over fifty souls had met their untimely demise in the frigid embrace of these unforgiving woods, perhaps a century ago. As we explored further, our eyes fell upon claw marks etched upon the walls of the decaying houses, a haunting reminder of the unknown terror that had descended upon this ill-fated village. Our minds raced with speculation, piecing together fragments of a forgotten tale. What sinister force could have unleashed such devastation upon this place? 